0: Welcome to Hoops Coaching A to Z with me. Whoa,
1: whoa, hang on. Let's let a professional handle this. (laughs) This is Hoops Coaching A to Z with my husband, Coach Terry Canova. This is a deep dive into all things coaching. Come join us as we visit with some of the best coaching minds in the business to help grow our profession. Here you go, honey. Back to you.
0: Welcome this week. This is a, I guess, a special episode in that it's a season finale of sorts. So what we're going to do in this episode, it'll kind of be a two-parter. I've got a good friend of mine, Coach Trent Powell from Atlanta Girls School, who'll be joining us. Trent has been with this podcast from day one. He was one of our first listeners, and he's been a listener for the entire year and has given us some great feedback. And also, he just completed his first season of coaching at Atlanta Girls School, his first year as a head coach, and also his first year coaching women's basketball. So Trent's a great guy and a great coach. So, we're going to have Trent on here. And then, what we're going to do is, I am an actor, whether you guys know it or not, and had a couple little things going on this summer. And I want to talk to you about my life as a player again. And what I mean by that is not being the boss, being part of a team. And I think I learned five valuable lessons or lessons I already knew, but five things that I think kind of translate from, uh, from whether it be sports or acting or anything else. And so second part of this podcast, we're going to talk about the five things that I discovered or learned or however you want to say it as my role of being a player again. So first up, It'll be Coach Trent Powell from Atlanta Girl School. All right, guys, welcome to this week's episode. This is a, a special episode in many ways because this is our last episode of season one. We have literally gone from September to now. This is the last week in August. And we, go, we went from one side to the other. Now, I, I must admit, And I know Coach was one that was kind of reminding me of this. We took a little break. Things got crazy during the season. We took a break. I'm going to vow not to take a break this year. But uh, perfect guest for this episode, and I'll explain why here in a second. But this is Coach Trent Powell at Atlanta Girls School, a good buddy of mine, spent a little time at UMS Wright with us on the boys' side, coached my son in middle school. Good, good dude. Uh, Good young coach. Welcome, Coach Trent Powell. What's up, buddy? Hey, Coach, thanks
2: for having me. This uh, podcast is absolutely blown up. I'm um, surprised you had me on. You know, you've got all these college coaches here now. Uh,
0: so thankful you included me. Well, the, the, thing, the thing that I that I know is you can learn from everybody. And, and sometimes, and we've had some conversations with some other coaches on here, um, sometimes you get these high-profile college coaches and you realize that what they have to work with has a little bit more to do with their success than actually what they're doing you know uh and so you know you're you're you're, although you're a young coach and and you hadn't been doing this as long as some of us um I know this about you you hard working uh you you know what you're doing and you're trying to learn the game and I think I think you you can bring a lot more to this this podcast than I think you're giving yourself credit for. So we we're excited to have you here, Coach. Thank
2: you. I've really enjoyed listening to you on my uh, morning commute um, on Mondays, and um, I'm I'm a big podcast guy. So I've I, I just I've really enjoyed that, and I listened to Coach Unplugged by uh, Steve Collins and Fantasy Football. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that those podcasts are. Uh, I learned a lot from them and I've learned a lot from you.
0: Well, well, we appreciate it. I know I'm a podcast junkie myself. You know, I, mine, m- m- my, my uh, mine goes, of course, basketball, but then I got the pro wrestling from the eighties, the old school stuff. And then I love my Joe Rogan. And then of course, Bill Burr, you know, he's one of my favorite comedians. Uh, but th- this, this episode Trent, I think, I think the, the, the great thing about this episode or, or this episode is going to put a bow on this, this season. And when I say the season, I mean this, this, both our basketball seasons, but also the podcast season in two ways. Number one, this was your first season as a, not only a, a head coach on the high school level, but a head girls coach. And so we're going to talk about that and talk about some of your journey with that. But then the other thing is you were one of the first people that reached out about our podcast and gave me feedback and, 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 and was kind of with us from day one. And so you've kind of got to see our podcast evolve a little bit as, as it's gone. And so, you know, before we, before we end the episode today, I'd I'd like to get some of your feedback on that, about some of the things that you, you took from this as, uh, as we, uh, we went on. But but let's talk about you first. So, a little bit of your background. So, I know obviously we got to know you at UMS Wright. Uh, as I mentioned, you were helping Coach Knapp, coach the boys there. You also coached in the middle school and got to coach my son Hayden. Uh, went over, you left us, you went to, to the Houston area and helped out with Houston High School over there for a few years. And then you end up in Atlanta, Georgia. And so, you know, you, a whole lot of miles in between all those things. So, so Trent, tell us a little bit about what got you started and and kind of your journey to where you are now. Yeah. So, um, my first
2: coaching job was at, um, at my local, um, middle hometown, middle school, um, Hueytown, Alabama, um, Hueytown middle school. Um, so my wife, she's, uh, studying clinical psychology. So, She's going through her PhD at, um, South Alabama, um, UT, um, in Texas. And then, uh, we came for to tour, um, to Atlanta with her, uh, postdoc. So, um, yeah, uh, spent four great years at UMS, right. Uh, started off as the middle school, um, coach had a really good group, um, they actually made it to the uh, final four this year. My, those were my uh, my uh, seniors, or, yep. so it was um, really cool. I actually got to go and uh, see them play in Montgomery. Um, so, all group loved them. Um, ended up going to JV, uh, coached them in JV um, after middle school. Um, coach Case uh, left; he had to move, and I took his spot as a, the JV head coach and a varsity assistant. Um, My wife then had to move to uh, Houston, so I took a uh, job at South Houston High School. I was the uh, ninth-grade head basketball coach there and varsity assistant. Um, That was crazy, Texas basketball. Um, (laughs) Huge school, had five teams, two ninth-grade teams, two JV teams, varsity, uh, a lot of kids and two gyms, so you learn to uh, manage a lot of bodies. Um yeah. and then came here to Atlanta, uh, accepted a job at Atlanta Girls School, uh, first head coaching job. Um, we are in the GIAA, uh Georgia Independent Athletic Association. Um, had a re- had a really good year. Um we we were a really young team. Um I had let's see uh seven eighth graders, um, two ninth graders no sophomores no juniors and two seniors wow and the seniors i mean they hadn't we canceled our season uh the year before last due to covid so we didn't even play basketball so the kids hadn't played in two years so the last time my seniors from last year played a basketball game they were you know sophomores and they didn't get any playing time so um It's almost like starting a whole new program over there and trying to create excitement.
0: Well, you know, um, it's, it's one of those things, it, it, it starts, it's got to start somewhere, you know, and, and, and sometimes, you know, you know, like me, I've been at UMS for 17 years, but, I think there's there's sometimes some value in when everybody knows it's beginning, including the coach, because I know at times I'm guilty of assuming that maybe a freshman knows what to expect because I've done it the same way for for such a long time so I think one of the one of the good things about your situation is you, you guys everybody was starting fresh from from top to bottom and and kind of and kind of setting that blueprint um what's some of the things that maybe you, you know uh as as you kind of got into the year you you stopped and said, wait a minute I think I'm assuming they know this but but what's maybe some of the things would whether the, whether it's the basketball side or the culture side? That that you really need to sp- had to spend more time on than you thought you uh, was going to.
2: Man, I just I honestly just fundamentals of basketball. Um, you know, I had a I had a girl where you know she every almost every time she touched the ball as a senior would would travel. She would shuffle her feet, so you know try to work on jump stops and you know, um, you know that first step without moving your pivot your you know your pivot foot. Um, they were already, they were really good kids. So the leadership and that aspect, honestly, I didn't have any trouble with them. Like, I don't, I I wouldn't trade. I don't think for my first year coaching there, like, I don't think I would trade better talent for them because those two girls were so crucial for helping like just bought in from the start and could, you know, they, they fed off my energy. Like, Like coach, we've never had, someone you know coming here and just want to make a difference here like you have and they were on board so with that aspect you know that 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 was great but just fundamentals and you know you can't win a basketball game without scoring and you know I had like one girl last year who could shoot the three-point ball like I've always you know been in you know coach Knapp's like no mid range shots, you know, Right, right. Well, I've had that in my head for years and it's like, well, mid range is all we can shoot. So, <laughs> yeah. so we were, um, you know, just trying to get them in the gym and, and, you know, just get shots up. Um, one thing right now is just the culture. Like, you know, we, we, you know, I'm used to playing 28, 30 basketball games a year, you know, and when I put the schedule in, we had 20 games last year and my AD was like, think that's enough like they're used to playing you know 15 16 games you know and eventually i want to get it up to 28 a year you know right um so the everyday grind i mean like at the end of the year this year um like i don't think they they didn't practice on fridays like we're practicing on friday um they got burned out a little bit and I, i could really feel it so you know i started just trying to you know like for watching film like another thing my kids did an amazing job with they never watched film before so I asked them hey like on certain days will you give up your lunch and come have lunch with me and you know as, together and, and watch some film and you know almost always everybody was there um so you know I'd be grabbing them with like you know maybe a donut or something <laughs> to get in and and just watch film and you know, do those things that they weren't used to, to doing. Um, the summer we did summer work. I've never done summer work before. Um, so I'm used to going all of June nonstop. Like right. I'd always tell my wife, like June is probably the craziest month of the year, you know,
1: yep.
2: um, with camps and kid camps going to, um, you know, college camps with play dates. Um, so I was just like, Hey, give me two weeks. Yeah, maybe next summer we'll go 3 weeks. But yep. this year, yep. give me 2 weeks. Um we practiced for 2 weeks. Um I had um it, it was really hard honestly finding games. Um like a bunch of like I didn't want to go and play public school teams. Like we're not we're not there right now, you know. Right. Um and it, it was hard finding teams at our level that was doing anything during the summer. Yeah. Yep. um so I invited a couple staff members and we had like a staff versus you know the kids game and then another day I uh, invited some alumni we had an alumni game um and then the the last day of um of the summer we did have a play date um where we played like
0: five games in one day it was a lot um but yeah, yeah. You know, your, your kids your kids probably weren't equipped for that either. You you know, uh, I, I know it's funny. You mentioned trying to find competition. I, uh, I've been at UMS. We just finished 17 years. And I, the first day or two of play dates, I remember belly aching to coach McPhillips, my assistant about how, why are we always, so bad and I'm just so mad and you know typical head coach and spoiled and you know why are we so bad and blah 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 and I'm you know and, and and then finally when I got done with my rant you know we sitting there talking I said you know I guess part of it's because the bad teams don't do anything during the summer You know, the the teams that are doing it in the summer want to be good and they're good, you know, you know, and so, uh, you know, and then then by the time the summer ends, you know, we looked as good as we've ever looked in my 17 years, you know, but uh, but it is. And I think you're smart, Trent, with uh, understanding you've got to do it, but but also having a finger on the pulse that, hey, this is new for them. Let's don't go overboard this first time. Do enough so they can get a taste. Do enough that they'll be able to see the rewards of it next season. And then hopefully they want to do a little more the following year. So, so I, I think, you, I think you, you're right on track with what you're doing with those guys.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I remember having this conversation. Like, I just I felt it. Like, you know, we weren't excited. Like, so it was our seventh winning season. In our like twenty-two year history at the school,
0: wow.
2: yeah, um, first state appearance, you know, since two thousand and sixteen, and like that's really exciting. And, and we were going to a practice um, before the state turn, and I'm like, hey, we haven't made a, you know, we haven't made the tournament since two thousand and sixteen, and you're here, like that is exciting. Why are we so just? Why are we like we don't want to be here? I don't, I don't get it. And I was really kind of just defeated by it, and I was talking to my assistant, and I was like, "Coach, like they're 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 burned out." And she was like, "Well, we went from zero to one hundred real yeah. quick, yeah."
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: so it was just like, "Yeah, you're right," and I had to kind of you know bounce back from that. And
0: well, one well, one of the things that we had a guest on here, uh, Coach uh, Jody Greve. And uh, she, uh, she's an author now and, and a life coach, and she, she made some great points. Uh, she, she actually uh, climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, and she wrote a book about that. And she uses some of those experiences in the mind games, in that mental toughness part. And I think, I think that's the thing. In a situation like yours, uh, and even a situation like ours, you know, we're, we, we're, used, we're used to success, I think the key is you got to celebrate the victories, whatever the victories are, you know. Because you know, my wife and I were having this conversation. You know, we just finished this show, um, Legally Blonde, and 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 we was talking about how how sad it was that because those seniors, you know, Hayden being one of them, they, it was their last show together and whatever. And and I said, you know, though that's the difference between the theater. And, and what we do in sports, our seniors are sad when it ends, too. And, 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 and it's sad that it's over. Except the difference is, in the theater, you don't lose that last game. That's a win. You, you celebrate together and you're sad because it's the end. But you didn't lose. Mm-hmm. In athletics, most people lose their last game. And, and for me, in thirty plus years of coaching, I've lost my last game every single year of my career, and so uh, so that's the thing. You know, it's it's in a, in a situation like yours and a situation like everybody else's, you've got to be able to celebrate the victories wherever they are. Whether that just means having one of the best seasons they've had in years, whether it means a just a really good day of practice whether it means, whatever it means, we, we all have to be conscious about celebrating the victories whenever we find them, for sure. Well, so with, with, with your group now, so now you graduated those two seniors and I think you said you didn't have any 11th graders, any 10th graders, so, so now you've got a core group back, but they're all still babies. So so so, so I'm I'm sure now uh the the next step is to 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 rev up the engine a little bit more or what?
2: Yeah, I I had um a few eighth graders last year who played on the middle school team that are gonna come up and I I believe they will they will help us. Like last year they could have played on varsity. Um but as an eighth grader they're in their mind they're like I I'm not ready for varsity. Right. Um so you know, I was like, cause it was a lot, right? I was asking a lot of them. So like if you didn't want to buy in a varsity, play middle school. And you know, I had some that bought in and wanted to play varsity. I have a man, eighth grader who's about six three. Wow. Um, and she um she had never played sports before huh. until last year. Um, so she's a huge part of our uh, you know, future of the program and, and literally. You know, as well <laughs> but um I have I take that back I did have one junior last year um and I don't know if she's coming back or not um she's playing tennis and trying to get a tennis scholarship so if she gets one before um before the basketball season starts she says she'll play so we'll we'll, we'll see I mean she's she's also a huge part uh she was my most improved player last year um you know, like we had, we played uh, Creekside Academy and they had a um, center who put about 20 points on her, very new, worked with her. Next game, the girl put up two points. I think they were free throws. Wow. Like, um, so she was a really good learner, tough. Um, so hopefully we we'll get her back. We'll, we'll see. And it's really just, we have 195 kids, sixth grade through 12. Wow. So it's really just going around, creating relationships in the hallways, teaching, you know, whoever I teach or whatever, and just, man, trying to get them to play basketball. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so, you know, this summer was really good. I um, put in, you know, a new offense. Um, I tried to put in with what I saw, you know, us do at UMS with Coach Knapp, um, you know, we were... Never the most athletic team, but the offense that we ran. I mean, we just picked teams apart. I tried to do that my first year here, and the basketball IQ just was not there to even get a full, really, a full turn uh, of it. Um, so I was at a um, clinic this year and I uh, was watching uh, University of New Orleans coach. Um, is it Mark Schlesinger?
0: Yes. Yes.
2: Okay, yeah, and uh, he was going over a, uh, you know, Princeton-type offense and same, you know, um, formation that we go out of and just looked a lot simpler. Yeah. And then I, I made some adjustments and put that in the summer, and it was just like the kids got it. Um, and it gave them a little more freedom, more so than when you hear you do this. Um. So you know, it gave them more options, and that really opened their eyes. And we put that in this summer, and you know, it, it looked it looked really well, really good. Um, but like I, I mean, we, it's just it's tough when you know we're just not scoring yet.
0: <laughs> well, it, 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 it'll it'll come, you know, it'll, it'll come. <laughs> it's it's it, part of it too is is you know, them learning you and you learning them. And like you said, you know, making adjustments on the fly, you know, deciding how to play. I mean, th- that's, th- that's so important. I get a kick. Sometimes I I think I come off as a smart aleck. Like I, I get, I'm in some of these message groups on Facebook and I see somebody ask a question like you and I both can relate to, it's like, okay, I don't have a lot of full-time basketball players and, we don't handle the ball very well and this and that and the other and asking questions that I can relate to questions that you can relate to. And then I see these people put these answers and I want to be a smart aleck because, because half of the people who respond to those have no clue what it's like not to have any players who, who can do some of these things. Cause you see that some of the answers. It's like, oh, you shouldn't be running a play. You should be letting them create on their own. It's like you have no clue what it's like to coach a kid that just hasn't developed that skill yet, you know? And so, so that's the key for, for a situation like you in is finding the right fit for them to run so they can be comfortable out there and they not just thinking the whole time. Uh, but but look, let's let's take a quick break, uh, and we'll be back in thirty seconds or a minute maybe, and uh, we'll we'll continue our talk uh, with uh, Coach Trent Paul from Atlanta Girls School.
1: Want to get away for the best vacation ever? Consider a group trip. Whether a cruise or an all-inclusive resort, let Toes in the Sand Travel help you get there. There are some amazing perks for group cruisers. Trust us, we do one almost every year, and we help so many of our friends as well. For a trip of a lifetime, give us a call. You can message me on Facebook at Kimberly Tanner Canova, or you can find our Facebook page, Toes in the Sand Travel, but be sure it's the one that has our smiling faces on there. Just reach out. We'll help you.
0: Hey, honey, will you get packed? We got a cruise ship waiting on us now. <laughs> Let's go. All right. We're back with uh, an old buddy, Coach uh, Coach Trent Powell. Uh, Trent's at Atlanta Girls School. Just uh, took over that program his first year in. And as I mentioned, a perfect guest for us because this is our season finale so to speak it's our last podcast uh, in the month of august and uh we'll be next po- next episode will be september and that's when we started was last september so Prince, uh, trent has got to, had a chance to go through with his team for a full calendar year and then also trent you were one of the first people uh, that that really reached out and listened to the podcast and gave me some feedback, so if you don't mind if if you will share some things with us that that you think you may have gained uh from from listening to this uh this podcast
2: um I'm gonna tell you the uh the main nugget that i I received from your podcast is I'm driving to work, and I hear you start talking about like. uh, practice-to-game ratios, like why are you working on your man-to-man offense if you're a man-to-man coach when you know the upcoming game is, you know, a team who plays zone. And I wanted to be so good at my man-to-man offense that we spent 20 minutes of our two hours practicing almost every day. And it never really translated into the game. Even if the team was playing man, uh, we would get the first option a lot,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but we would never go to the second or third option from it. Um, but not only that, it just started, I started thinking about what you were saying, and I'm like, everybody in our league, for the most part, plays two, three song. Mm-hmm. Why am I spending so much time? Like, yes, I want to be good at it, but it's not worth it.
0: Yeah. I
2: mean, we're we're playing, you know, against a two-three zone. I I need to start, you know, working on that more and throwing little wrinkles. You know, I, I just feel like as a coach, I can control. If you're in man, I can see mix mix mix, mix, mix matches and and just you know, attack them. And do different things out of it. And in a zone, like, I feel like here's your principles. You just, you've got to go out and just, you've got to execute it. Yeah. So just to let go and be like, hey, like, here's what you need to do in a zone and and you got to go play. Um, And we we need to stop focusing on this uh, man-to-man offense that's great if everybody's running it right, but we're not running it right. And nobody plays, plays man against us.
0: Well, 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 I know, I know exactly the scenario you're talking about, uh, you know, I, I think in some, some aspects, we all want to be Pete Carrell and run that Princeton offense and run that back door and have the crowd go wild and yada, 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 you know, and, and, and those moments do occur, but, but yeah, I came to that realization probably way too late in my career where you know, we spent just like you, we spent way too much time working on man-to-man offense and trying to be a great man-to-man offensive team. And then we play a team that would press us for 32 minutes, and we never was able to get in our offense. And so, so it it made me realize that we, we've got to we've got to really spend more time with the correct ratio of practice. Yes. So we got to work on fundamentals. We got to get better fundamentally. Like you mentioned, we got to do the jump stops. We got to do, you know, work on all those fundamentals. But then when we break the game down, we've got to understand that 50% of our game is going to be in transition, whether offensive transition or defensive transition. So why not spend more time on that, having your players transition back? from an offensive possession to defense, spend more time in transit. Here's, an, here's another issue I, I've had. You, you got me thinking about those things is we spend so much time working on a secondary fast break. And I, and I want, we get midway through the season and I, and I'm looking at my coach, I'm thinking, why are we just pushing it up and, 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 and getting a quick layup? Well, because we never emphasize that in practice. We emphasize that doggone secondary break. We never emphasize running a primary break and just throwing it up the floor and shooting a layup, you know, so you can't assume. And, and, and so, so yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a good lesson that I learned, and I'm glad you were able to pull that from the podcast.
2: Yeah, I've found some really good secondary breaks, and it's just like, I don't know. For me right now, it's like, what's the point? Like, get it up and go. And th- I spent a lot of time with that in practice as well. Um, because we do we do get a lot of opportunities out of our uh transition offense. So, you know, we work on that tires tirelessly. And you know, I like I wanna be able to run the secondary. Right? We're just we're just not there. And um getting good at the primary break it's really helpful. But I will say also I pushed it so much that at one point I was looking at our stats and I'm like, we have a lot of turnovers, a lot. And I started to look and I think I pushed them too much. Like I encouraged them to push the ball and it was, it ended up being too quick for them, I think, to where we were having turnovers because we were going too fast.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that was something different, you know. I'm always want to push, but it, I also had to let them know, like, let's make, like, you know, keep a positive positive. When we get a steal,
0: yeah.
2: You know, let's let's try to get a good shot off, out of it. Let's not bounce the ball off our foot. So that was a uh, that was interesting this year as well. To, when I realized that,
0: well, one one of the things that we talk about is is. If you if we're going to turn it over, make sure we turn it over over the top, so we we attack in the basket. We 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 maybe turn it over, but we throw it over over the top so the ball's going out of bounds and it gives our chance our defense a chance to set, as opposed to you turn it over and they shoot a layup on the other side. You know, mm-hmm. and so you know the, you know obviously all all turnovers are not created equal. You know why you want to value the basketball. We don't we don't frown as much on those turnovers where we're trying to uh, you know uh, get get a quick strike and get a layup as we do one you know dribble handoff at half court that they they shoot an uncontested layup on. Uh, so, what well, what well, Trent? The clock on the wall it it, it, it flies by. My uh, my Zoom uh, membership is telling me we got uh, got two minutes to go. Um, but look, man, I I, I know um, it, it, at the beginning you mentioned about uh, about uh, not being worthy. Trust me, I, I think a lot of young coaches out there th- this is going to provide value to them because um, not everybody uh, is fortunate enough to have you know eleven players on the bench that know how to dribble, pass, and shoot. There are a lot of coaches out there that are looking for. Answers for a team, much like y- you've started with, and, uh, and and I'm excited about watching the progress and and see where where these young ladies end up next year after after year two because I know I know they're in good hands. Yeah, it's uh,
2: it's exciting, like you said. I mean, we're young, but um, you know, I've got them for four more years. Um, yeah. My point guard, I'll have her for five. She'll be uh, in eighth grade this year. But yeah, Uh, coach, thank you so much. And like I said, this, this has really blown up and um, it's been a really, really awesome podcast. And I'm glad that I um, have had the opportunity to be on and, you know, been listening from the start. So.
0: Well, thanks for being a loyal listener and a great friend and, and, you know, you know, my wife adores you as well for as, as great as you were to, to our son. And so, uh, Hey, good luck to you, man. You know how to find me if you ever need anything at all. And, uh, best of luck to you as we get started in this new school year. Thank you, coach. You too. Thanks, bud. All right. That's coach Trent Powell from Georgia or should I say Atlanta Girls school, a good, good guy and a good young coach. And, uh, He really, really loves those young ladies he works with and he coaches. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit before and a little bit after and just can't say enough about how thankful he is for them and being at that school and having the opportunity to coach those young ladies and watch them grow. Uh, Just talking about the fact that, uh, you know, he really, really is excited about this coming season and working with them again. So, this next part is a a little bit of my own personal journey. Again, I've been coaching for a long, long time, and it's been a long time since I've been a player, and sometimes we lose sight of the things we're asking our players to do, And, uh, and so one of the things that I do is my wife and I, or... Part-time actors. Uh, we're both part of the theater community. We both do a little murder mystery stuff. We do. We do some uh, commercials. We do a whole lot of acting things. And this summer, I started thinking, and I and I, I guess, the easiest way to put it was I was not always practicing what I was preaching. I was asking my players to do things one way. And me as an actor, as part of that team, I want what was not doing the things I was preaching. So here's five little lessons that I learned this summer while uh, while doing my acting stuff. And and again, you guys and gals out there, coaching, I I implore all of you find a way to be part of a team and take yourself. Out of your comfort zone and reground yourself. I think it'll really help you in your coaching journey. Uh, and, and again, it'll help you better appreciate some things that your players are going through themselves. The first thing, being on time. We all we all expect our players to be practice on time and. In reality, we want them to be early. We want them to be there early and doing things in pre-practice and getting stretched and the whole thing and this, that, and the other. And I found myself a couple days ago, We, my wife and I heading to rehearsal, and life got in the way, and we trying to do a million things. And here we are, our rehearsal time's at 6 o'clock, and here we are pulling up at 5.58. And I told my wife, I said, you know, I said, if if this were me, uh, as a coach, and I'm standing on the court waiting for my team to show up, and one of my players comes running through the gym, hey, coach, hey, hey, I'm sorry, I'm 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 here, I'll be here in a second. We always get a little aggravated at him, I give them a hard time, but here I am doing the exact same thing. So I told my wife, I said, you know, we got to make a conscious effort to be there a little bit sooner, get there a little bit earlier and uh, and just not be strolling in at the exact time that rehearsal is supposed to start. So being on time was one thing that uh, jumped out at me. The next, repetition and practice e- equals muscle memory. So I don't do a very good job of memorizing lines, and I had a little song I had to do in this show. And when I'm telling you, I was mortified at... One instance, I'm standing on the wings, I'm getting ready to go out, it's the first dress rehearsal, and I told my wife, who's in the scene with me, I forgot my words. And she said, don't worry about it, it'll kick in. And sure enough, it did. I went out there, my cue came, and I remembered the words, and I got through it fine. But the only reason that occurred was because of constant repetition over, over, over again, Practicing at rehearsal and also practicing on my own. So repetition, repetition, repetition equals muscle memory. If you rehearse it enough the right way, muscle memory is going to kick in. So I got to experience that a little bit. The next thing was pregame routine. So I found myself again. We get ready for the first show, and I'm a nervous wreck. So I go outside. I rehearse my song, I rehearse my lines, I'm getting ready, I'm getting ready, I'm getting ready. Well, about three shows in, I'm more comfortable now. And so now I'm ready to just wing it. And I thought to myself, would I want my players to just wing it? Even though, you know, this person might be a starter, might be one of our better players, Don't I want her to do all the same things in pregame to get herself as ready as possible? And so what I started doing is every day at the same time, I would go out and go over my song with music five or six times and then do it again without music three or four times. And again, just creating a routine for myself, no different than I would want my players to do. Next thing is, saying I can't. I can't tell you how many times I've told a player, stop saying you can't. You can do anything. You can do anything. Well, multiple times this this summer, I found myself saying, oh, I can't remember these lines. This dialogue is too long. This needs to be shorter. I can't remember. I've got a bad memory, yada, 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 just complaining like a little chump. And At the end of the day, in both cases, I was able to pull it off. So again, saying I can't, I was doing those same things. I tell my players not to, and here I am. Long story short, I I accomplished it. You can do it. You got to get better at not believing you can't and just work at it until you can. And so that was... Lesson number four, and then lesson, lesson five, I was that player. I was that ruly player that got so, was so intimidated and so frustrated and so nervous about an upcoming project, I literally lashed out at my director or boss or whatever you want to call it, so to speak. And again, we expect our players to always be poised and composed, yet in this case, I was not. I was insecure about knowing my lines. I was nervous. The director was asking more of me, and I literally lashed out at him in frustration. And so, again, another lesson for me. Why is this all important? I think if we all put ourselves in these positions like our players and get ourselves out of our comfort zone and remind ourselves what it's like to be a player, what it's like to have to be on time every day, what it's like to work on something until it becomes muscle memory, have a routine on game day, not saying I can't and instead getting it done, and then finally, keeping your composure when you want to lash out and be frustrated. These were all valuable lessons to me. I think it'll make me a better coach this year. It'll help remind me when one of my players are in this situation that I know what it feels like. And so hopefully it is something that makes me a better coach and uh, continue to grow in this game. And for all you out there listening, I hope you got a little something from this. I hope you got a little something from this podcast, this episode and I hope you got a little something from all 30-something podcasts that we've had in Season 1. I really, really appreciate each and every one of you that have listened and that have downloaded. the. Uh, just the feedback has been amazing. I've only got one one-star review, so we'll try and do better, and whoever that person is with the one-star review, I hope I do better for them next time. We're going to continue to strive to get better. We're going to continue to strive to have great guests, and we're going to continue to strive and give our coaching community something that they can fall back to whenever they want a nugget or two uh, about growing our profession. Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Get ready. Season two will be starting in September. Much love, and we will see you next week.
1: That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. A big thank you to everyone who has continued to make this podcast become so popular. Please continue to share with your friends and colleagues. And when you have time, please take a minute to give it a five-star rating. Until then, we'll see you on the next episode.